0: I'm Ray Joy Fonsteel with Fonsteel Farms in Ciblo, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today.
1: Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture.
2: Hello, Texas. It's time to do it once again. We've got another edition of Texas Ag Today ready to roll. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture in the news today one story continues to dominate the news that is the Russian invasion of Ukraine and we are feeling the effects of that right here in Texas agriculture we'll continue our coverage of that coming up to kick off today's show my name is Carrie Martin, I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
3: As the winter wheat crop in the Texas High Plains continues to suffer, the ramifications go well beyond diminished grain production. I'm James Hunt and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today.
4: The month of February in Texas was cold and icy. The month of March is a transition period with La Nina still continuing. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have the forecast on Texas Ag Today.
0: Many coastal bend farmers are in need of some improved planting moisture before they start putting sorghum and cotton seed in the ground. This is RV Beering reporting from the Corpus Christi area.
2: We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The effects of Russia's invasion of Ukraine are being felt around the globe, including right here in Texas agriculture. Texas Congressman Jody Arrington says this is just another reminder that food security is a huge part of national security.
5: Putin is motivated by a lot of things, but I think one of the big drivers, it's not just reunifying the Soviet Union, uh, it's to control the oil and gas to europe and it's uh, it's weak in europe in their and their resistance and their posture against uh russia even in the sanctions today we see that so food and fuel um independence and having a robust safe affordable uh, food and fuel supply is critical to national security, and I think going into the next farm bill, that message should resonate with every American.
2: We visited with Congressman Arrington at the Texas Ag Forum over the weekend in Lubbock. He says this invasion just adds to the already tough challenges that Texas farmers and ranchers are facing
5: here in 2022. No question about it. Uh, this is a global economy, and with technology, everything is so interconnected and interdependent. So we are are going to see disruption in the near term but look we were we're experiencing disruption prior to the invasion with our supply chains and the bottlenecks at the ports i mean there are folks the one of the reasons that we're seeing the inflationary effects on our inputs is because of the supply chain disruptions
2: west texas congressman jody errington no big surprises We're in the february cattle on feed report released friday Oklahoma State University livestock economist Daryl Peel says everything came out just as we expected it to.
6: No, I tell you, the pre-report estimates exactly matching. The uh, February 1 on-feed total came in 1.3% above a year ago. Placements were
7: 98.6% of a year ago. Marketings were 96.9% of a year ago. Uh, So again, absolutely uh, dead on with the expectation.
2: Peel says that while on-feed numbers continue to run larger than at this time last year, the cattle herd is shrinking and that's going to affect feedlot inventories sooner or later.
3: Sooner or later
6: these cattle on feed numbers have to come down. We have less cattle. The, the January 1 cattle numbers confirmed that we have less cattle in the country. You know the estimated feeder supply was down 2.6 percent uh, and yet we've been able to hold these feedlot inventories at or now slightly above a year ago. We can do that for a while perhaps another month or two We can't do it all year at this pace. Sooner or later, it's going to catch up with us.
2: The number of lighter weight cattle going into feedlots is higher than last year, thanks to the drought and lack of winter forage. The winter wheat crop in the Texas High Plains continues to suffer, and James Hunt tells us the ramifications go well beyond the loss of grain production.
3: Hereford area farmer Landon Fremel says things are pretty bleak for the wheat his family planted back in the fall. I believe since October we've only had
8: about a tenth of an inch of equivalent moisture out of the snowfall. And the wheat's not looking very good. It's honestly quite depressing.
3: And as for the notion of filling in the precipitation gap with groundwater, Fremel says
8: we do have irrigated acres although on our operation our water's getting so thin that we're not watering everything that's under irrigation just because we don't have the water Number one, and number two, some of it wouldn't have done any good anyway.
3: So it looks like having to accept dramatically less production than the freemals had hoped for.
8: We probably planted 4,500 acres, and we may harvest 300, 400 acres. So 90% of our wheat is going to be disastered or off
3: And with many, many other area farmers experiencing similar hardships with their wheat, Fremel has first hand knowledge of a widespread effect.
8: My brother and I also own a swathing business, and we do a lot of the uh, swathing in front of silage toppers for the wheat silage. And normally, on a normal year, we'll do around 10,000 acres of swathing. I don't think we'll do 3,000 acres this year, and that would be a stretch to get that many acres.
3: So, wheatlage looks to be in short supply later this year. But this down season for wheat is already impacting the cattle business right now, including F Troop Feeders, which Landon's family operates.
8: Our feed yard is full at the moment because there's very limited wheat pasture. And so uh, normally right now we have empty spaces in our feed yard, but it is overflowing right at
3: the moment. A tough time all around as the Texas High Plains continues to wait for rain. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. February was
2: an active month for winter weather here in Texas, but March is a transition month. Tom Nicoletti checks in with a Fort Worth meteorologist for a March weather
4: outlook. National Weather Service meteorologist Tom Bradshaw joins us from Fort Worth today. And Tom, certainly February of 2022 was active from the start to the finish when it comes to cold, cold temperatures.
7: February was certainly an active month. It wasn't quite as cold as what we had in 2021, but we certainly had two or three pretty active spells of ice and snow and, uh, and below normal temperatures during the month of February.
4: But did it uh, help the drought situation?
7: Unfortunately, not really. And we're still looking at pretty significant drought conditions across pretty much all of the state of Texas, except uh, right a small part of central counties between Houston and Dallas. We had quite a bit of ice and snow uh, across a uh, good part of north and central Texas, but the amounts were not all that great. It was enough to cause travel disruptions and a little bit of some power issues, but as far as liquid amounts, it was not enough to put a significant dent in the uh, significant drought that we continue to have across the state of Texas.
4: We're into the month of March, a transition month as March 20th officially begins a new season of spring. What's the outlook?
7: Well, right now it looks like we're still in a La Nina pattern and what La Nina brings for the state of Texas is a tendency for warmer than normal conditions or milder than normal conditions and drier than normal conditions. That means we'll start seeing a lot of temperatures rising up into the 70s and 80s across a good part of the state by the time the month is over with. Unfortunately, while we're probably going to see an increase in the amount of Overall rain compared to what we saw in February. We're still not going to see enough to put a significant dent in the drought. It's going to be another couple of months before we can start to see some very uh, beneficial rains affecting the state of Texas.
4: That is National Weather Service meteorologist Tom Bradshaw. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Many
2: coastal bend farmers are in need of some rain before they start putting sorghum and cotton in the ground. Harvey Buring has an update from Corpus Christi.
0: Although some of the farmers over in the eastern portion of the coastal bend have completed planting most of their corn acreage and are moving into sorghum, the folks over in the western portion of the coastal bend, west of Highway 77, are in need of some improved moisture. And they're waiting to put that expensive planting seed in the ground until they have a good beneficial rain to improve their prospects of getting the crop off to a great start. But all in all, conditions are dry. Ranchers are putting out supplemental feed and everybody is in hopes of getting a good rain in the near future. One of the biggest events in the South Texas area during the month of February is the San Antonio Livestock Show and I just returned from working a couple of weeks up at the show. And they have an excellent scholarship program. We had an opportunity to help award some $160,000 in scholarships to the champion exhibitors of the Breeding Heifer Show this past week. San Antonio this year has allocated $1.46 million to youth scholarships for those young people who have earned the right to get a scholarship and have never received one from San Antonio in previous years. The San Antonio show has had great participation this year, not only from exhibitors, but from spectators alike, an excellent rodeo underway. And we hope that you folks have had a chance to take part in this year's activities in San Antonio. Reporting for Texas Ag Today from the Coastal Bend area, This has been Harvey Buring.
9: There's a new program designed to get Texas youth outdoors. I'm Jessica Duhlmull, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today.
2: And grass tetany can be a problem for pregnant cows grazing wheat pasture. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
10: Break out your camera and snap a pic for the Texas Farm Bureau Photo Contest. You or someone you know can share your best photo with the entire Lone Star State and maybe win some cash. Like $250 for first place, $200 for second place, and $100 for honorable mention. The contest is open to Texas Farm Bureau members or an immediate family member. Rural settings and lifestyles are the preferred themes for all submissions and contestants are limited to one entry per person. Top four winners will be selected and published in the July edition of Texas Agriculture and the summer edition of Texas Neighbors. Snap your pick now for the Texas Farm Bureau photo contest. The entry deadline is June 1st. Visit TexasFarmBureau.org for complete contest rules. That's TexasFarmBureau.org.
1: We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. If you're grazing pregnant cows
2: on wheat pasture, you have to keep an eye out for grass tetany. Dr. Bob Judd says it's a good idea to supplement those cows with magnesium.
11: Winter wheat in Texas has had a difficult time due to the drought in the fall, but recent rains may increase the growth and it could be used for grazing. Paul Beck indicates in Bovine Veterinarian that winter wheat at this time of year is high in protein, highly digestible, and will easily meet the nutrient demands of a beef cow in late pregnancy or early lactation. However, the mineral content of wheat and other small grains will not meet the needs of the beef cow in late pregnancy or early lactation, so supplementation will be required. A recent study out of Oklahoma revealed that the mineral content depends somewhat on management, growth conditions, and soil mineral content. Wheat pastures are commonly deficient in magnesium, copper, and zinc, and high in potassium. The high potassium in the wheat pasture causes a problem as it interferes with magnesium absorption in the gastrointestinal tract. So the wheat pastures are already low in magnesium, and then the high potassium decreases absorption, leading to really low magnesium, and also leading to a condition in cows called grass tetany. And it's common in cows in late pregnancy, or especially those nursing young calves, as the cows are also losing magnesium in the milk. Magnesium is a mineral that is necessary in nerve function and muscle contraction, and cows become excitable, develop muscle tremors, have difficulty breathing, and become recumbent. Treating grass tetany is difficult, so preventing the issue is the best option. If you have cows grazing winter wheat pasture, ask your vet about the amount of magnesium needed for supplementation. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: There's a new program designed to get Texas youth outdoors. Jessica Domel tells all about it in today's Wildlife Report.
9: The Texas Wildlife Association has launched a new program designed to get more kids ages 11 to 17 outdoors. It is called Land, Water, and Wildlife Expeditions. Chad Timmons, Conservation Education Specialist for the Wildlife Association, joins us with more.
12: Land, Water and Wildlife Expeditions is our new public program that's going to engage youth ages 11 to 17 and a parent or guardian on a one to three day, non-consumptive outdoor experience on private land.
9: Youth who attend an expedition have an opportunity to learn more about several topics.
12: Our expedition experiences are going to be themed, so it might be a one to three day experience over the weekend on ornithology and birding, or the weekend might be centered around water ecology and angler education, photography and nature. Botany or entomology, really the sky is kind of the limit. All of our expedition experiences are going to be facilitated and hosted by trained mentors. And so, really, the sky is kind of the limit. Whatever the property that the participants are going to be on, whatever that property lends itself to, is kind of where we'd like to see the theme go.
9: The first expedition will occur in June. Registration will open in April. Details are available on the Texas Wildlife Association's website.
12: And I've made kind of a short link to make it a little bit easier to get there directly. That website's going to be bit.ly forward slash LWW Expeditions. So that's bit.ly forward slash LWW Expeditions.
9: For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dommel.
2: The volatility continues in the markets this week. Corn and wheat both jumping to new contract highs while the pressure continues to be felt in the cattle market. We'll take a closer look at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today.
13: As a farmer or rancher, you know life in agriculture is often stressful. Things like the economy, finances, weather, and even a pandemic increase our stress levels and can leave us feeling defeated. With a demanding workload, it seems that there isn't room for the soft stuff, like talking about feelings. Yet, talking about the hard times can be one of the best ways to manage this stress. Although we can't always control or choose our circumstances, we can control and choose how we respond to them. Sometimes that response looks like asking for help. Some would say the best quality of a farmer or rancher is their independent spirit. But what is agriculture without its community? A force of helpers, neighbors, extension, Farm Bureau members, friends, counselors, and pastors. We are stronger together. Find someone you can talk to. Find the help you need. The Southwest Ag Center is working with the Texas Department of Agriculture to identify stress assistance and resources. Visit swagcenter.org slash stress to learn more.
1: We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Well, there's really only
2: one factor to look at when it comes to our grain and livestock trade this week, and that is the Russian invasion of Ukraine. It is causing grain markets to hit new highs That, in turn, is pushing cattle prices down. We ended lower on Tuesday in both live and feeder cattle, thanks to another big jump in the grain markets. April live cattle down 90 cents, 140.52. June down 65 at 137.05, while August was down 7, 137.07. March feeder cattle dropping at $1.45, 156.27. April feeders down 220 at 159.80. May feeder cattle down 255, 165.25. Cash fed cattle market still quiet on Tuesday. We see asking prices from the feedlots at 144 and better this week here in the South. However, no bids reported from the Packers. Boxed beef prices lower Tuesday. Choice down 37 cents, 257.14. Select down a dollar thirty nine at two fifty-two oh two. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble.
6: When you hear cattle in the alleyway, they're shipping them out from the Friday sale at Milam County Livestock Auction, in Cameron, Texas, there on the Little River. Let's talk to Kenny Mingus. Kenny, how'd it go? Well, you know, we had a few more than we than we thought, Larry. <coughs> you know, then I sure thought Thursday we had four sixty-two. At about 139 cows, just a handful of bulls. Let's walk those pins. You know, with the steers under 300, 170 to 240, Three to four hundred pound steers, one fifty three to two thirty four to five hundred pound steers, one thirty nine to two twenty and over five hundred one twenty one to two oh three on the heifers under three hundred a dollar fifty to two twenty three to four hundred pound heifers, one forty four to one seventy four four to five hundred pound heifers, one twenty three to one sixty eight and over five hundred eighty to one sixty three. uh Packer cows a little higher than the week before from fifty to ninety four. Packer bull steady didn't have many from ninety to ninety eight. On the bread cows four and a quarter to 1225 and on the cow calf pairs from six and a quarter to 1600. What are you anticipating this week? Well, I think that uh, there's been a few people that put off some stuff from last week. Um, they're going to get them this week for sure and uh, maybe a set or two of yearlings that have been weaned. So I think with the pretty weather and, and uh, we didn't get a lot of rain through this country. I think these guys are of uh, to get out and get after it if they're not planting corn. Right. So, well, tell yeah. everybody how to get a hold of you. You bet. Catch us at the office Monday through Wednesday at 254-697-6697. You can follow us on our webpage at MilamCountyLivestockAuction.com or catch us on Facebook. Neighbor, I'm Larry Marble here in Central Texas reporting for Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now, where lean
2: hogs took a jump higher on Tuesday, April hogs up 270 to close at 10620, May hogs up 322, 11087. Class 3 milk steady to higher, the March contract up 21 cents at 222600 weight. The cotton market finishing sharply higher, spillover support coming from a sharp jump in the energy markets as well as the sharp jump in the grain markets. May cotton up 363 points at 122.75, October up 302 points, 107.43, while December cotton was up 267 points to close at 103.03. And the same factor, Russia and Ukraine pushing grain markets to new contract highs. Prices here we haven't seen in about a decade. March corn up 42 and a quarter at 7.39 and 3 quarters. New crop September corn up 22 cents, 644 and a quarter. Same story in the wheat market. We're in the $10 range now. July Kansas City wheat up 50 cents at 990 and three quarters. July Chicago wheat up 50 cents, 967 a bushel. The energy markets taking a jump higher on Tuesday. April natural gas up 16 cents, 456. April crude oil topped $100. It was up 853 at 104.25 a barrel. The financial markets taking a tumble Tuesday afternoon. The Dow down 615 points at 33,276. The Nasdaq down 234 at 13,517. The S&P down 71, 4,302. That wraps up our look at the markets and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin, hope to see you next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture.
1: Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information,